Welcome to Kingdom Talks. I am the guest co-host today, Christopher Carter. And with me today, I have Gil Hodges and Judith Arnold for part two of our discussion about the Kingdom Restoration Age for Children. Glad you could join me on this show that I have always wanted to do. And here's the intro. Welcome to Kingdom Talks. We engage with leaders, teachers, creative artists, and everyday people in conversations to awaken listeners to new revelations of the Kingdom Age. All of our courses, community conversations, partnership links, and much more can be found on our website, KingdomTalksMedia.com. You can help us get the word out by liking, subscribing, and sharing with your friends. Now, enjoy the conversation. All right, Chris is back with his guests, Judith and Gil. And <laughs> <laughs> we thought we would try that. That was fun. Yes, yeah, right. You've been on here. Chris, I, I know that you have been on this show more than anybody else. So oh, you, that's, do I get a, you, like, there should be a trophy. Something. There, there should I be here. Put on my wall back here somewhere that says, like, <laughs> you know. Like a little gold statue. Yeah. No. If it looked like a man, like a gold man statue, I don't think that's been done before. So that's probably <laughs> right. not any kind of a derivative of something. Okay. So the one thing we know, the time is going to go by really fast. Yes. So um, uh, let's dive into this because one of the things I wanted to share is that I really honestly feel that one of the things that's going to happen in 2021 is there's going to be quite a few people who stepped into this movement who are going into the heavens, seeing what the Father's doing. They're going to be able to start downloading and pulling from the kingdom what Father wants to bring into the earth. And we're going to see new economic systems. We're going to right. see new educational systems. We're going yeah. to see new governmental systems. It's not going to be an overthrow. Uh, ah, that's interesting. The word that came to me, it's going to be an undertow, not an overthrow, <laughs> an undertow. That actually what happens is that we get so many people that begin to shift over to the new that comes from the kingdom that the old will just simply disintegrate and collapse. There's yeah. no, we don't have to fight a war or a battle. I don't know if that's completely true, but I've, that's the thing that keeps resonating in my spirit over and over and yes. over. We just need to bring kingdom. When people see kingdom, even those who don't know that it's kingdom, who don't know God, will see that's a better system. It yes. works better. Yes. It's, yeah. it's fair. Yeah. <laughs> They'll see the fruit. I mean, there's a lot of movement in now amongst a lot of groups. The, the, the Texas Children Network, I just got to think, they're starting community schools within communities. So people are making efforts now. There's a lot of people that are shifting and home, they're doing life schooling together. They're doing after school care and communities are rising up in people. And I'm in Sarasota and father opened up an, op an open door for me to start after school programs almost immediately. We're just getting the building. Wow, that's going. great. Yeah, and it, yeah. Was, a, it was just a miracle because when I came to Sarasota, Father said, I want you to get involved with the community. So I joined the Neighborhood Association. I got involved with the nonprofit. And now I'm very involved with this nonprofit and creating this atmosphere. But it's going to be about Father and putting him <laughs> first and bringing the families and the parents together and just start educating them and how God's created our children. So amazing that we need to steward their unique qualities and yeah. fan the flame of what fathers put in them before they even came to this earth. Yeah. So I believe so God, and, and I really think it's as, as God brings his people, 
And that's why I, what we were talking about before was he's brought different people that already have ministries and they want to start posting classes like, like Chris was talking. We have gardeners lined up. We've got people making sourdough yeah. bread. And, and yeah. then they'll just film these little things and make them interactive for the kids. And those will be the parts of kids' interest. Not that they're mandatory. You know, not that they're mandatory because there's something that Amy mentioned about kids kind of developing their skills and the education right. piece, piece kind of coming. And there's pros and cons on that. Having gone through this and some of the mistakes I made, there, there's pros and cons. And that's why we have to bring that down from father. Yeah. And, and, I, and I believe, I know without a fact with our new website coming out that we're going to have a whole page dedicated to education. And would love to see what you guys are bringing and just have a place, a central place for people to come and find all these different avenues. Um, it, again, it's all about kingdom and what Father's doing and bringing that in. Yeah. Well, can I ask a question here, Gil? And uh, just just to direct this to you, Judith, I, I think that you and I would both agree that it's very difficult for one size to fit all when, right. it, when it comes to education. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah. There's a, a system that I might prefer because of the kind of life that that I want to live. But I'm not sure that what I think of as a perfect scenario applies that well to the middle of a city. In fact, I'm, I'm pretty sure it doesn't. Um, and and I, I'm just aware that it, maybe this is where this idea of communities and developing this is so important because each community has its own flavor. The reason why I think that gets that makes uh, institutions so scared is because we have institutions because we try to homogenize an experience because we want every person to have the exact same uh, sort of foundation or this is where the idea of common core comes in. It's like, well, there are these standards and everybody should know this and everybody should know this. And I don't know. I mean, again, Judith, these are like a lot of questions in one. I'll try to encapsulate it in a minute because I want to know what you think about it. But I don't know that it's it's necessarily a case of, you know, did I get all the standards when I was in school? I'm pretty sure I didn't. You know, and I'm sure that my teachers had standards that they were teaching too, but did I get them? Probably not. I think I tried to fill in a bunch of holes when I was in college in order to make it, you know, and then here I am at 42 years old and I'm, I'm learning every day. I mean, like, I don't think I've ever stopped learning. I think that's the idea of being right. a lifelong learner. So I don't even know if there are, <laughs> if there even are standards, what the importance should be on getting those standards crammed in in a certain, in a certain time frame. And so my first question is this, Judith, is, is what's your perfect scenario? And after you share yours, uh, I want to share mine, like kind of what's your dream if education could be a certain way, a way to even to do this in a next age kind of kingdom way. What's that look like to you? First of all, it looks like an integration of age groups. And I think that's something that's really wrong with the education system, that you group all the kids at the same age, because there's a learning process that's natural. And as you know, in the olden days, people had many children and many families and you know, the older kids took care of the younger and there was an integration of the skill that just grew through the family. And that would say, I would say be number one, an integration of, of, of various ages. And I would suggest initially that it's around an interest. So if we have an interest in agriculture and gardening, then you start with a group of kids and you let it go for a certain period. And I think one of the mistakes is we're going to do that for, you know, six months. Well, maybe you're going to do it for two weeks because it depends a lot on the dynamic of any group. I mean, if you've got business, if you're doing any kind of group, there's a dynamic there. There's a give and a take. And then all of a sudden it kind of fizzles. 
And we don't want to keep moving when it's and it's kind of not where it's supposed to go. Because maybe that was just something they, but then there might be that one kid says, you know, I'm so interested in this in biology. And then you, you create an atmosphere for them to be able to move forward, whether that's through technology or library books. And they start studying biology and they really go deep in that. And they might be seven years old, but that's what Godfather has called them for. And that's where it's just a sensitivity where we know that those kids are where they're supposed to be and we offer them the things that they're hungry for. And I feel that's my ideal situation, a community school like that that, that, is, that is staffed by passionate people that, are, that, that really know, they don't have to be really knowledgeable, they just have to be sensitized to listening to the voices of the kids and not even their voices, but their actions. What are they interested in? Because I know with my six children, <coughs> their interests were so different and I really tried to do that as they were growing up. And my one son was a tinkerer. He was seven years old, taking things apart, putting them back together, taking things apart. And he became an ex excellent carpenter and builder and designer, you know, and that's what he, he, was, he was destined to be. You know, and my other son is music. It's all about music. He had a, a cardboard key, uh, drum set when he taught himself to play drums. And those times we had those big old cassettes and he'd sit and watch them. And he was like nine and he's become a proficient artist in, in the in music and it's about allowing them to have the opportunity to explore to the fullest and not pushing them to perform for us to feel good about ourselves and that's something we keep bringing up in our group it's not about your kid being the most spiritual kid and saying well tell them about your dream and the kids going i don't know what to say you know what i mean like and you put that poor kid in that situation it's not about that and that's where another thing is just taking that whole competitiveness and that whole comparison thing and trying to really work and help the kids realize that's not the value system. Yeah. So, so true. Okay. So good. 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 Do it. Yeah. Good, Chris. Okay. Can I? I. I you look yeah. like you're about to say we have to take a break. Nope. Okay. <laughs> um, no, we got about another six minutes. Okay, in six break. minutes. There you go. So, so I think, you know, and again, you know me, Judith. I, I really like history. I feel yep. like that's it's such a great pursuit to look yes. backwards in time and see how things have changed. And there's so many things we do every day that are that have just never been done before. Like we don't, you know, I mean, we don't know the effects of the way that we depend on technology. We don't know the effects of how much time we spend on screens. We just do a bunch of stuff and and then it changes us. And typically no one ever looks back and goes, why do we do that? Like we didn't do it forever. Why have we started doing it now? And I think one of the things that we also didn't do for a really long time was send kids away someplace because it took two parents to work. And so if you just kind of like look at history, even in America, go back 60, 70 years and it's one parent working and the other parents at home. Right. And that and that was enough money to have a, you know, 1200 square foot house and take a vacation from time to time. And then you go to the next decade. And that one person's income is kind of enough to have a house, but you know maybe the vacation lacks or maybe they have to go into debt to get the house. And then you go the, the next decade forward and now the one income can't do that. So now it takes two incomes to do the house and, the, you know, and have that two weeks of vacation. You go the decade after that and now the two incomes can't do it. So now you're in debt to there do the go. house <laughs> and the vacation. And then you keep going forward and it's like, every every decade goes by and we keep buying into again something that's probably pretty consumer based and and the system keeps telling us 
you don't have enough to do this. So it's going to take more to do it. And so what do parents have to do if they're both working? Well, they have to thrust the kids into this, you know, thankfully it was already there. You know, it's like the master, the master puppeteers were at work. It's like, oh, we've already got the, the, the compulsory mass education for your kids to go to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like state sponsored daycare, you know, no, and so, really so, wow. so that the parents so that both parents could work because we kept putting the bar out of yeah. reach of whatever it was or it was inflation. And I'm not an economist, so I don't know how that stuff works. I just know it happened like historically. That's true. Right. That's exactly what happened. So without changing some some expectations in society, it's going to be really difficult to even reimagine education in some way. So I think that's why the perfect scenario for me is that whatever happens in the future, it has to involve more family. Yeah. Like if there's, if there's one thing that's happened that that's run its, its, its course through education and work and faith and everything, it's, it's the devaluing of the family over time. And so our, our, our uh, forerunners, even in this country, if you just go look at a newspaper from about the time of the American revolution or even the early 1800s, what people read in a newspaper is tough for us to read today because their mastery of the language was better than ours is, you know? And so like, you know, clearly they weren't hurting, you know, for, for some education, even though they weren't being, it wasn't compulsory mass education. So I kind of grew up in, you know, in our house, my dad essentially told me that education, if it did anything for me, and if it didn't, I should make sure that I did this on my own. He said, Christopher, if you can read really well, if you can read critically and understand what you're reading really well, and then if you can communicate, you're fine. He said, because if you can read really well, you can teach yourself anything that you want to know. And if you can communicate, then you know how to take what it is that you learned and put it to use, right? So, I, I mean, I took that, I mean, you know, I'm not sure how much of what my dad said I listened to, but I did listen to that, you know, and I think that that's true, but those things can be taught in the home. Like you don't have to go to right. school for someone to teach you to read well that's right. and for you to then learn how to communicate that well. Like all that can be done outside of the prison building, you know? So, <laughs> you be encouraged, Chris, because yeah. you know, I did a TEDx talk and that they actually went live in September of this year and the father opened the door and a lot of this is exactly what I talked about. <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> no, and, and, and even the consumerism, yeah. I mean, I hit it hard, man. I, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm surprised they put it on the air to be honest yeah. because I was like slicing it up. But the right. thing is, is that it's encouraging because the father wants to reach the world with this message, you know? Yeah. And then now I've got an invite to apply for a TED talk. So Great. I, yeah, so I feel if, you know, father leads and it's like, I, who am I? You know, like I just yeah. got to say yes to his leadership because yes. our responsibility, and I'll say this really adamantly, being an evangelist my whole life, our whole responsibility is to bring father's love to the, to the earth, to the yeah. streets, to that family next door that can't feed their kids and how we can get out of our comfort zone and open up our arms for families that don't have families. Yeah. There's so many kids out there that don't have parents, you know, or they're abusive and stuff. And there's a whole generation of that happening. And, and I believe father has answers for all of this. I don't mean to, uh, to interrupt with what you're saying, but I just thought it would be yeah. encouraging for you because I believe you have a lot of what you talked about before I did the talk <laughs> impacted yeah. me that way. So yeah. I want to thank you for that. 
No, that's that's great. I'm glad to hear it. I mean, I, th I think the more that this gets out, the more it gives people the chance to reimagine it. You know, that's right. I love it. I love it. I love yeah. It. Okay. So we're we going to go break. ahead and take a break. Wait, let and me go ahead and say that to everyone. Everyone, we have to take a break since I'm the co-host for this show. I just want to let you know we'll be back in just a few minutes, and uh, you know, so that you can see this, whatever it is that you need to see. Okay. Hey there. Thank you for joining Kingdom Talks. We want to take a short break to share with you the life-changing online course called Ultimate Impact. Gil and Adina do an amazing job taking the complicated and making it simple and applicable for your life. Ecclesia groups around the world are using this course to shift into Kingdom Age thinking. If you're ready to step into what Father is doing now, then this course is for you. Sign up today at KingdomTalksMedia.com under the Online Classes tab. Now, back to the show. We're back, Chris. Are you going to intro us I'm back sorry. in? No, we're, we're back, everyone, for part two of this other part two of our talk with Judith Arnold and Gil Hodges, our second guest today, about uh, the Kingdom Restoration Age for Young People and education and all the wonderful things we're talking about. Um, so anyway, Judith, you know, we, we, before we took that break, which we um, segued to just beautifully, um, I was, I clunk, was, clunk, clunk. right. <laughs> uh, we, we were talking about like perfect scenarios, right? Yeah. And, um, and I was thinking, you know, for me, and again, I, I, the temptation here to think one size fits all, and there's just no way it will, you know. No. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I love homeschool because I'm because I'm I'm interested in bringing meaning and value back to the family, and in, and in the context of that, I feel like everybody should homeschool a little. I just think you should, you know. Yeah. I think everybody should have to, and even if you don't do it full time. But I wish there, you know, the the perfect scenario would be home most of the time, and then for these things that there are these these teachers around that have passions about things like what you were talking about, like whether that's gardening or, or glass blowing or, you know, or, or metal working or, you know, or all the different things someone could have a passion about or philosophy in my case, or, or, or writing or any of those things that there's almost like this, this resource. And maybe that's where this old idea of the Academy comes in. I love it. Yeah. Where it's, you know, you can be home to learn the basics and to have a mastery of the language and a mastery of communication. But when your interest starts to spark beyond what you can get at home, that's what the Academy is for. Not to be the compulsory education that gives you the common core standards and all those things, but to be there to go, oh, you have this interest. Well, here's so-and-so who teaches this class because this is that yeah, person's yeah. passion. That's good. Yeah. You know? that's really and, good. and oh, you wanted you didn't know how to fix this thing, but you wanted to know how to fix it. Well, that's because you need to understand how metal works together in a process called welding. And that's where this comes in. And you could learn that in your house, maybe. That's that's maybe where someone can can step in and teach you. And so this old idea of an academy where it is this conglomeration of of thinkers and doers. Yes. that have been thinking and doing whatever the it is more than you have and more than you were capable of getting in your home. And that's almost the, the equalizer there, you know? So it's like I, an apprenticeship, I, like an apprenticeship. Yeah, exactly. It, you yeah. know, it, it, even in the so, sense of an exploratory apprenticeship. Yeah. yeah. So this is one of the questions that I brought out to Amy, um, because if we, if we were to shift to where most teaching was taking place in the home and yet some homes weren't doing a good job of even teaching their kids how to read. 
you know, in your system that you're thinking about, and maybe you haven't thought through it that far yet, but how do you handle that? How do you deal with that? You know, because uh, yeah. it does seem to be a little bit of a shame that some child would grow up not being able to read just because their parents didn't take the time. And here's where I would say that's why I brought out in the beginning, at least for me, and then I'm sure, Judith, you have an opinion on this too. That's why I know one size doesn't fit all. Yeah. So yeah. there's so so my idea, I think, works in a certain way. But it's, you know, again, this is probably a next stage idea, even that there aren't giant institutions that cover over 350 million people. I think a more next stage way of thinking is things tend to be more local. They tend to be more. Communal. Right. Right. And that's yeah. so my idea doesn't work. In certain scenarios, yeah. except in one way. And that's if, I think if we change our expectations of education, I think adults' expectations of themselves would follow suit. And maybe there would be a weird period when it caught up. But adults need to understand education doesn't stop when you graduate high school or you graduate college. That's right. and, 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 and the case in point here, Gil, yeah. is that, the, you know, you guys know I do online classes. You know, we have an online school and this is not a shameless product placement moment, but you know, I'm doing a, a class on poetry and it's, and it's honestly, it's the most adult orient, uh, adult education oriented class I've ever done. So much so Gil that I, I'm tempted next year to do more of that and, and to do classes that listen, I mean, everything I do has a, has a Christ centered next age spiritual. I mean, we're going to go to heaven every time we do something. But that's not to say that we shouldn't talk about history and philosophy and writing and communication yeah. and reading and all these things that adults click off because they go into work so that I can consume yeah. instead of learn so that I can create. Uh, and I don't think that's that's like it's just supposed to be for, for young people. I mean, I think all adults should <clears throat> you should at least go read some books about stuff. You know, like, I mean, it shouldn't stop. Yeah. yeah. You know? Go ahead, Judith. I know you probably got a ton of stuff to say about that. No, I, I, well, let's go back to the original question, and I think that's a very valid question. But again, I think that's about the changing the idea of community. Mm. A community is an interlinking of individuals. And as you interlink with other individuals that are not ashamed of who they are, because a lot of people hide behind apartment buildings or something because they're ashamed that maybe they don't keep up with the next person. You know, it, it's a lot of spiritual, you know, negativity there. But we can pray and, and even... And being friendly and getting out there and just being a voice. And I've had things even being part of this neighborhood association where they were having kids that were riding their bikes and their motorbikes or whatever through the community, making a lot of noise. They wanted to bring the police and ticket them. And, and basically I said, well, what about the needs of the kids? And there was silence, seriously silence. Nobody, there's like six people on this board meeting with the police guy. And he goes, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you brought that up. I said, this is about the police trusting getting trust from those kids let's have an event and why not take them why don't you get them in your truck and take them to another place to ride their motorbikes that's what community is yeah. and that's about knowing that that oh my that kid can't read he can't read very well well come by my house yeah, yeah. this and i feel like that's what's missing having lived abroad for so many years the rest of the world does very well in community we're like all living in our little worlds and our little priorities. Whereas if you go to Thailand and you walk down the street and five people invite you for dinner. Just you're Judith, it used right. to not be that way. I know. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the crazy thing, but the pioneering origin of this country yeah. was if we don't work together, we die. That's right. that's right. 
Well, I mean, and, and look what happened. It happened in the education system and it happened in the church system. It's happened in so many things, but it's time to turn it. And it takes, yeah. it takes me turning it. It takes you turning it. It takes us as a family of, of believers to just turn it in our sphere of influence. And I believe Acts 17, God's placed us where we're supposed to be. And we have to activate what he's put in us. Yeah. So true. Well, I just want to say that you know, this has been pre-recorded, and anybody watching it right now, uh, that you need to go to the links. Go into the, the notes right now and look for the links of all the different areas that uh, Judith has talked about, Christopher's talked about, links to our website. Um, get involved, you know, especially if this is what Father's calling you to, get involved and start clicking on some of these links. So what are some other resources? We've got about five more minutes, uh, actually probably four more minutes. Um what are some key resources that you really think are, are needed for people to check out right now? You talking to me or go ahead. He was Chris. talking to Both you. Both of you. No, that was <laughs> Both to you, of Judith. you. Yeah. <laughs> you, you flipped that one to me. Well, we're developing that. I mean, I know there's books I've read and, uh, you know, I, I can't think of that. I've read hundreds and hundreds of things on education. I'll tell you that's the truth. And that's helped me through a period of learning that I was kind of stuck in something, right? And I believe if we're hungry, he answers. And the library is full of yeah. stuff and just pulling. And it doesn't even yeah. have to be Christian material. If you have a child, one of my grandsons, he's three, is so interested in planets. He can tell you everything about the planets, how they're made, what color they are, blah, blah. And he, we just give him, keep giving him stuff on planets. You know, and that's just from the library. But the point I'm trying to say is I'll put some some information in on links of things that are YouTube videos and stuff that have really impacted me. That would be great. And a lot of it is, is about explaining how the failure of the education system is because in order to change, we have to realize the old thing is not working anymore. And I think that's right. a starting point. And I think most people that's will agree good. with that, but they don't have a, they don't know what to do next. And with yeah. that, like one of the ladies on our group, has her website and we're communicating already about putting classes up there and even just videoing parents talking to their kids to give a model of what what it looks like so if if if, if you chris are reading to your kids or teaching at home just put the video on and we can share that and and, it, and it's not going to go public but it'll be for a few people and go wow look how easy that was that wasn't that complicated. Yeah. There's another lady that has two adopted kids in, in the West Coast, and she talked about how they resolve conflict, and it was beautiful. And Mary Ann, the one that plays violin with you guys, she was explaining that one of the kids was having, she was having a disagreement with her nine-year-old son and how they resolve that. And those things are gold because that brings it down home. That brings it down to somebody that I know or somebody I know is a parent and they're not like perfect and they're not like having their PhD and they got it all figured out. They're just have a heart for truth and have a heart for their kids. Yeah. And, and people do love their kids, you know? Yeah. And one of the, one of the things I'm excited about, Judith, uh, we haven't mentioned it, but you're also working to develop uh, uh, Ultimate Impact for Kids. That's it. And yeah. I think that's going to be golden because as parents are going through and learning how to shift from, you know, the old age to the new age, um, the kids are going to be learning it too. Not that the kids need to learn it as much as they need to sit there and watch their parents. Like, come on, mom, dad. Yeah, now you're getting it. Yeah, <laughs> totally. It's coming. Yeah, and I'm excited about that because we've talked about the kids actually doing that, that ultimate impact. Yes. And yeah. them telling the excited story. And as we're finding the kids have the language and as we're listening more to the kids, wow, the way they see the world, 
when they're really young, especially, is a phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And we need to listen. We need to listen and learn. And it's called, my TED Talk is interesting. And TEDx Talk was educationing with an ING because it's a progressive it's a progressive word. It doesn't end. And that was part of my talk, educationing in a new normal. It's a give and take. It's a constant learning. We're always learning. And we need to, number one, wow. listen, wow. listen to kids. That, you know, and that resonates so much with what I've been saying and keep saying that the great leaders of this next age are the ones that will be able to draw from the body all that the father's downloading. And that includes the kids that we learned to, the give and oh, take, the conversations, the conversations, the conversations. And yeah. that is like the gold that comes out, the gold that comes out. And, yeah. and you have to be sensitized to it because you can't be sitting there watching whatever and doing your life, realizing that that's your most important <laughs> responsibility is tuning in to the now moment of what Father's doing right now. It's not like an airy so dream of the future. So good. Well, Chris, we got about one more minute. Anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? Well, I'll just, I'll throw this out there. My wife showed me this lecture Um uh, I want to say it was when we were in a car ride here uh, a few days ago and can't remember the gentleman's name. So I wish I could give him a shout out, but he did a great lecture on the word skole, which is the Greek or Latin word from where we get school. Oh, wow. and, it, and it means leisure. It means to have <laughs> good conversation uh, and good subject content at leisure. And he used that to say how much things have changed that we've adopted this idea of school as this frenetic, just crazy, busy, and all about the numbers and the grades. But really the idea is that it's almost a leisure activity. It's something you do uh, for fun and to increase the yeah. quality of your life. So there's a lot that I think, and Judith, I think you're right. It's it, it, The awareness has to be there to go, we should reimagine something. It's worth our time to reimagine something. Yeah, yeah. And as we're doing that, we're going we're gonna to try some things to come up with some solutions um, to put some things out there that, that will hopefully help. Mm-hmm. And on that yeah. note, I'd like to thank you, Gil, and thank you, Judith, for being on this episode of Kingdom Talks. I've had a great time talking with you. Thank both. you, Chris. Thank you. And uh, my hopefully honor. we can have you both on the show again sometime soon okay. to talk about this very important issue. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> Good job. All right. We'll see you all next time. <laughs> Blessings. You broke the box. Broke the mold. <laughs> all right. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you for taking time out to listen to Kingdom Talks. You can find out more about Kingdom Talks Media and our mission to unite in faith and grow as mature sons at KingdomTalksMedia.com. Please continue to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes, Fringe Radio Network, and many more places. Go to our website to find links to all of our media outlets, as well as fantastic online courses and conferences including the life-changing interactive course, Ultimate Impact. And last but not least, we ask that you consider partnering with us to fulfill the mission to get these messages to the world. To become a partner, go to the Partnership tab on our website. Thank you, and until next time, live a blessed life and keep carrying us in your heart and sharing us wherever hearts are open.